Welcome to the Clear Skin Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey to uncover the secrets of achieving glowing, acne-free skin. We believe that knowledge is power, and by understanding the root causes of your acne, we can create a solid foundation for long-lasting clear skin. I'm Katie Stewart, registered holistic nutritionist and founder of The Clear Skin Solution, where we help women just like you get to the root cause of their acne. And I'm Chris Brown, registered holistic nutritionist and program director in The Clear Skin Solution. Through functional testing, we pinpoint where the body system imbalances lie so we can dive deep into your acne clearing journey. We work virtually with clients to clear up their skin from the inside out and have helped thousands of women worldwide regain their confidence. We're delving into the last of our acne clearing pillars. And I know this is one that everybody enjoys talking about. It's the favorite of the pillars, and that is skincare. Because as acne sufferers, we love our skincare. And I'm a total skincare junkie. Like, even though I don't have acne anymore, you better believe I have all the lotions and potions. Like, it's a little collection. It's something like I do for myself. So that's why I was super pumped that today Chris and I brought in our holistic esthetician, Ashley, to talk about some common skincare mistakes we see acne clients making, how to repair the skin barrier, what dark marks and, and scars are, and the cell turnover that we have to wait for in order to see the results of our skincare. So we got a really jam-packed episode. I am pumped. So with no further ado, let's get in. Now, Ashley, you not only are a holistic esthetician, but you also are a nutritionist. So you're able to combine your skincare with your nutrition, put it together and really help clients come up with a routine that's going to be complementing their protocol and their inside out work. So that's what I love, love, love about you because you have that internal and external component. Now, before we get into all the fun stuff, I want to know what's something you're absolutely loving in the acne skincare world right now? That's the question of the day. Um, well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, okay, one thing that's really cool in the industry right now, um, it's very holistic as well. They're introducing uh, crystals into, you know, the treatment room. So while a client's getting their facial, they've got all these um, like jade or rose quartz, you know, depending on... Um, what the client needs. And a lot of, I've seen some skincare brands actually introduce them into the products as well. That's cool. So, um, I've been using a product that has like, um, micronized little rose quartz in it for the, for like a nice glow. It's like a face oil. Oh my gosh. How fun is that? I'm totally going to need that product now. Yeah. I need to add it to the lineup. And I, I kind of start, started seeing this trend happening a few years ago when we were getting like the jade rollers and the rose quartz gua sha. That's where it started to really come into play. And now I know people are thinking, well, why would I want crystals in my skincare routine? But when you're looking at it from that holistic perspective, if you're not into the world of crystals, like Ashley, are you into the world of crystals? Like, are you a big? I am. Okay. Chris, Chris, do you have crystals at home or you think we're crazy? Well, I think you're crazy, but I do have crystals. <laughs> totally different. Totally two different questions, Katie. <laughs> totally different questions. I I, I have um, crystals around the house, you know, like the, the orange. Yeah. Like all the different fun stuff, the rose quartz and the amethyst. And what's interesting is the energetic properties of the stone can be really soothing and grounding. So this is why they're utilized a lot in the skincare world. So that is really, really cool. Exactly. And that's why they're probably bringing them on inside the product as well. Yeah. And I didn't realize you could do that because is there any issues with like the micro tearing of the skin or is it done in such a way that it's fine? I mean, the brand that I've been using, I really trust it's eminence that they're, that they're including this in. So 
I trust it. Um, other products I've seen, they'll just like add the whole crystal into, let's say, like a hydrating toner. Right. And it like, so it would sit in the bottle and in then it bottle. would absorb the. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Not only and is it pretty, but then the energetic properties of it as well. So I love Eminence as well. So what, because people, someone's going to want to know, what is that product that you're talking about? Do you know how skincare is have like, it's not a word. A product isn't a word anymore. It's like whole sentence. Um, it's called the Camellia Solid Balm Oil. Camellia. Camellia. They have a whole line actually. Oh, I love that. It's newer. They have a whole line that's introducing these stones. So cool. All right. So let's dig into the juicy stuff. Now, I want to start off with the common skincare mistakes acne sufferers are making. Now, the big reason why we have a holistic esthetician inside the Clear Skin Solution is in in the early days, I realized that the skincare questions were getting really, really intense. And it was, you know, kind of outside of my wheelhouse. Of course, I know the general skincare and and ingredients and all of that, but I'm not a licensed esthetician like you are. So this is why I'm a big proponent of having experts in their field that clients have access to. So for you, from an esthetician perspective, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see acne sufferers making with their skincare? I'd say the top number one would be overwashing and overexfoliating and stripping their moisture barrier. That's for sure. Number one, um, Naturally, I feel like clients think that the more they wash, they're washing off that oil, therefore removing um, the oil that's creating these pimples, right? These breakouts. In fact, um, your skin has a protective layer layer, uh, made up of healthy oils that's there for a purpose, that's there for a reason, we need it, and it actually prevents um, a lot of bacteria from coming into the skin. So that's number one, they're stripping and they're like tearing down that, that barrier. Mm -hmm. And we see that time and time again, right. And it's where we start to see sensitized skin. Cause so many people Mm -hmm. say, Oh my gosh, I have the most sensitive skin. And in some components, a small percentage may have for sure sensitive skin, especially those that are very pale or have more of like that red undertone or maybe are more freckly, but the majority of the time is because it's sensitized. They strip that barrier away and the irritation is rampant because there's nothing, nothing there to protect the skin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even in the treatment room, you know, when a client will sit down and I'll cleanse their face and you can tell a sensitive, like a rosacea or a, a skin that's actually sensitive versus a sensitized skin, because to the touch, it will get red and, and just uncomfortable. And the client will be uncomfortable just by cleansing, you know, their skin, even if they have small, you know, not a, not a face full of acne, but even breakouts here and there. Um, and that's because they've, they've ruined it. It's not just acne clients that ruin their skin barrier. It's, you know, everyone. Yes. Like, especially, you know, anti-aging, um, whatever their skin goal is, it's almost like the mentality is more is more. I need to use all of the cleansers. I need need to use 46 different serums with all the different actives. And then I need to, you know, like, do you remember the, what was it? The oxy pads back in the day, those little, oh, no, no. (laughs) The St. Ives. The St. Ives are like the, like the ones with the grids inside. Those Mm -hmm. are the best. You mean the apricot scrub. Oh, the yes. St. Ives apricot scrub. <laughs> that is every esthetician's like nightmare. I was repping the OxyPads and St. Ives for like a solid six, seven years, like all of high school, yeah. early university. I, I was scrubbing my skin so hard. Yeah, you'd hard. rub it real nice. Yeah. You're like, oh, this mm-hmm. is good. This feels so good. And now you're like, cringe, Guilty. cringe. Yeah. 
Guilty. guilty. Remember opening the bottle and you get that whiff of that alcohol. Oh, right. And you're like, well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's just completely dry everything out. This will burn the pimple right off. Yeah, no. that's great. So, okay. So for the first one is the over cleansing and we're going to talk about tips on how to repair that skin mirror after. So let's move on to mistake number two that you see. Using sunscreen. Every esthetician will say this, but your sunscreen guys, especially because we're living in this era where acids and retinols and all these active ingredients are, you know, the new thing and what we should all be doing, but in, you know, not using your sunscreen while you're using those products is doing more harm than good uh, because you're again, sensitizing your skin and you're creating all this, these reactions inside of your skin and you're not protecting it from, you know, the sun, which is creating inflammation. Absolutely. And the thing is, is when you're using all of these actives, it's going to make your skin more sensitive to the sun's rays. So like, you know, I am, for me, like I love going outside. Um, I generally won't wear sunscreen for most of the day just so I can get my vitamin D. Like I avoid the peak times, but if I'm taking my son on on a walk in the morning, I'm not usually going to be putting sunscreen on my body, but I'll still put an SPF on my face just because I do a retinaldehyde serum at night or because I use a vitamin C serum, I want to be protecting the the skin a little bit further with that SPF. So when we're looking at an SPF, because this is again, a big question, the SPF always breaks me out. We hear this all the time from acne sufferers. I'm too scared to use one because my skin reacts to it. So what would you say would be some couple tips to look for when you're selecting a sunscreen for your face for acne sufferers? Less is more with sunscreen. I feel like they also pack on and put on a lot of sunscreen. Um, That's one thing. Second, I would, I'd always vouch for a mineral sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Versus a chemical. So mineral is actually going to act like a barrier and reflect off the sun. Whereas the chemical sunscreens actually, they kind of absorb the rays um, and then just like neutralize them, but they're still creating a bit more heat in the skin than a physical sunscreen would. So physical or more of the mineral sunscreens. So that would be one thing I would recommend. And I do like the mineral because it's usually a zinc based and zinc is a healing mineral for the skin as well. So it's a double duty, but, um, we will, all, and I, I know we're going down a rabbit hole, but I, I, I know the questions that we get for sunscreen. <laughs> I'm like, I was just thinking that I'm like, breathe, Chris, breathe. <laughs> I'm preemptively like, okay, I have 45 questions that I know people are thinking in their brain right now. Well, what about that? What about this? So when we're looking at an SPF, um, we will often have acne sufferers panic if they see any type of derivative of coconut oil. Because yes, a coconut oil itself is com- it's going to clog your pores. But the coconut derivatives isn't quite the same thing, correct? Yes. So they don't have to panic is what we're trying to get at. No, 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 no. Don't panic. And can we go into like the third? Yeah, let's go into the third. You're just leading me right into yeah. like the third thing that really... <laughs> I said it perfectly. It's that oil is bad for oil. Mm-hmm. You know, like oil is good for our skin. Every skin type needs its oil. Um, and commonly acne, just like you said, um, our acne clients, they scare away from oils. Even if it's like a derivative, that's a common myth. Your skin needs oils topically. It needs the protective oils it creates. The only thing is when it comes out of balance and that's where the concerns of, you know, uh, overproducing oil comes in. But I recommend oils to my acne clients and, and clients that have oily skin. And that it's, I think there's just the, the cosmetic industry for so long 
told us, no, you can't use oils. You have acne. Oh my gosh, we need to strip. We need alcohol. We need benzoyl peroxide. We need this. We need that. And I almost look at face oils, uh, like the tabooness around face oils as back in like the 90s when low fat was a thing. It's like we were scared across the board. You can't eat fat. You can't apply Mm -hmm. fat. Stay away from it. But now we're finally realizing, oh my gosh, our body needs fats internally and externally. Because Ashley, what do you find happens when a client is too scared to use a face oil or too scared to use a moisturizer because they have oily skin? Then they're dehydrating and their skin and they're um, removing their skin of that healthy, that barrier. Exactly right. Right. Your barrier um, and your skin cells are held together by ceramides, by fat cells. Right. So if you're constantly one, you're stripping them away and two, you're not nourishing them. Um, then that's just like a recipe for disaster for more. Action. Absolutely. So now when we look at it, the three mistakes we often see is the, is the over cleansing and overuse of harsh ingredients that is destroying the skin barrier, making it more inflamed, making your acne worse and making it sensitized. Number two is not wearing an SPF. And when it comes to SPF, I have a couple favorites, but I would love, Ashley, what are a couple favorites um, SPFs for face that you love for acne sufferers? Eminence has a really has two really nice um, sunscreens. They have a Lilacoy, like a physical that I'll, you know, put on if you want like a cream. Um, I'm a big fan of the powders just because another thing to know with SPF is reapplying, um, especially in the summer. Um, Clear Stem mm-hmm. has another nice one that's a powder. And what's nice about the powders is if you're out and about, like I'm going to a music festival this weekend and I don't want to be like putting my face sunscreen, my hands are going to be dirty from God knows what, applying it. So if you have the, you know, the the mineral-based loose powder, you put it on with a very clean brush in an application. And then if you're like still concerned about, oh my gosh, am I getting like the bristles dirty? You can also like do a nice little wash when you get home that day. Yeah, exactly. So those are something I'll always have on. Um, especially if you want to wear makeup too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two of my favorites. I would also agree the clear stem, you are sunshine. Um, SPF 50 yeah. is really lovely. And don't worry you guys, I'm going to put the links for these in the show notes at the bottom. And then my other go-to that I wear every single day is beauty counters do skin tinted moisturizer. I believe it's SPF 20 or 25, but I love that it doesn't clog my pores. It's super forgiving. So it, it blends in quite easily. If I have my, you know, summer, so my summer tan or my spring tan. And I, I love that it's also nourishing. So it's a very lightweight, but I'm I'm still getting that SPF. Yeah, I love that too. Um, that's a good one, especially because it's tinted. I mean, yes, we do like our makeup too, and we do, you know, want a little bit of that coverage. So when it's in with a sunscreen, it's like it's perfect. Yeah, and that's what I'll probably wear because it's going to be. What does I think? It's like feels like 32, which is like almost 95 Fahrenheit for you, any Americans listening. So I don't want to be sweating makeup off at this music festival just to wake up with my skin looking so gross the next day because it's been clogged up. Yeah. You don't, you don't like the melting look shady? Uh, not anymore. Back in the day. It's not sexy. <laughs> back in, in university, you better believe when I had acne, I was piling on like layers and layers of makeup. And I remember once going to, uh, going to a music festival in Toronto, Veld. It was Veld year one house music festival at Downsview. And I had such a bad breakout on the sides of my face. I had a massive cystic pimple on my chin and it was supposed to be the hottest weekend of summer. And I remember being at my friend's condo in Toronto 
applying like layer after layer, powders, color correctors, concealers. And it was so cakey and gross. I even brought a touch-up makeup in my little like purse, praying to God they didn't take away from me when at, at the security check, being like, no, please, I need my makeup. And then I brought blotting powder, blotting papers. And I remember having to go to those gross porta-potties like 45 times to touch up my makeup because it was literally melting off my face. And like, it was just a whole nightmare. I love that you said I'm just going to go on some words here, right? Chris is a big on the words. I am. I had to go to the porta potties. Do you see when we have acne sufferers? It's the fact is, is this is a dire strait. Yeah. We must. Must. And it, there's no other realm about it. Like you're basically smuggling in brushes, like contraband. And if they had have taken that away... It'd be easier to take away the drugs, right? Take, it's like, oh, okay. Take my, take my hidden drugs away. Take my hidden alcohol away. Just don't take don't my blotting pipers. Don't take the, this. I need it, right? But that, that's exactly it. And I see this time and time and time again where it's like, I had to do this. Mm-hmm. I must do this. And watching just around that because look at you, Katie, right? Now you know better. It's not about having to. But the fact is, is we want to set people up and we want to, just give them that little bit of nourishing. And that's great to understand that, yeah, we can, you know, in the world of skincare, it's treat like for like, like Ashley said, oily with oily. We do it with supplements as well. You treat like for like. So can I just throw a wrench in and ask for the common people like me that like the very simple stuff? So, so let me preface what Chris is going to ask here is you're going to notice Ash and I are like hardcore on the skincare game. We, we know all the lingo, we know all the products. And then Chris will just be sitting here silently like do, 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 do. I don't even wear a face cream. Like Chris is the most, <laughs> Chris is the most basic skincare user out there. So I kind of think she compliments us well. Cause I'm like, no, no, I have a nine step Korean style skincare routine. Chris is like, are you nuts? Yeah. I'm like, well, you you enjoy that. I'm me, my breakfast. <laughs> but I, like, literally, mommy needs to do her nine step skincare routine. So you're on your own for breakfast today, kids. No, my girls have learned how to apply makeup through YouTube videos because mama's not even wearing mascara, right? Uh, my I used I used magazines, so they should be thankful that they have YouTube because I didn't have YouTube growing up. I learned how to do makeup. I used to read the magazine J14 because my mom wouldn't let me read Cosmo because she thought I was too young but I would sneak them. And that's how I learned to do makeup was through magazines. So you guys, for any millennials out there, they know what I'm talking about. And now there's influencers and YouTube. Didn't have that, you guys. Like, they have it easy. They have it like, so easy. They don't know the struggles of having to wear blue eyeshadow and eyebrows that are too thin because you overplucked them. Thin. Mm-hmm. They don't know the struggles. <laughs> I'm like sweating. I'm like, oh, let's change the topic. No, I'm Wait, totally kidding. Ask, yeah, ask a question. I went on a down spiral. No, I want to know for like, okay, we're traveling. We forgot our, our SPF at home. Where in the quick fix, you know, drugstore. I mean, I don't really go to a drugstore. Let's be honest. I like my healthy planets. My goodness me is like, I, I like more of the holistic brands. But if I'm going in there, What's a quick grab in between? Or if it's a family, what's something that could be conducive to everybody? Knowing that we obviously want to go and reapply what is good for our skin, right? Because it's naive to think what's good for Ashley's skin, Katie's skin is going to be good for my skin as well. So you're asking the question is what would be a very simple, easy, accessible sunscreen that you could run into shoppers to buy? Yeah, in the interim, right? Because I know we don't touch ladies' skincare routines. I've learned this, Katie. Like, I've learned this through (laughs) you. You don't mess. 
However, we do forget things in life. So what's a quick grab that's better than? Like you're going to Mexico, you're at Pearson and you're like, oh my God, I forgot my sunscreen. I need to buy something at the duty-free. Hmm. Um, Ashley's like, none. I'm, you do none. I'm, 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 my mind is trying to go through shoppers right now and like <laughs> color code all the aisles. Um, like a green, like a green beaver, right? Like a green beaver. Yeah. Do they have that now? At- they do. They have, a, they have one. There's also baby something. Sun bump? Something like that, right? I think sun bum was like a monkey. I think sun bum, because here's the caveat, you guys. So this is why I'm over here cringing at this conversation. I know, because people are going to bring this up because we have some very people that are like, you know what? Yeah, I have acne and yeah, I do this, but I want simple, right? I'm already overwhelmed and oops, I forgot. And because the issues with sunscreen, this is why I'm usually pretty... Like, let's make it work. But when it comes to sunscreen, the reason why I'm so intense on it is because of the ingredients that they use in the cheap sunscreens. There's a number, like when you're getting a, when you're getting a chemical based sunscreen that doesn't have the minerals in it, there's a ton of like the oxybenzones and all of these really harsh ingredients that are not only toxic to you and your body. Like some of these are carcinogenic. Some of these can contribute mm-hmm. to, uh, um, enhanced tumor growth in the skin and, uh, we'll often see so many of these are now banned in places like Hawaii and vacation destinations because it's bleaching the coral reefs. So mm-hmm. this is why I'm like cringing, but is there anything that would be a quick and easy grab and go that we could think of? Like, cause green beaver is pretty accessible and that's a more mineral base, but it's very, I find green beaver sometimes is quite thick. There's another one. Um, like Alba, a, I think Alba Botanicals. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That's a good one too. Um, I think Andalou has some now too. Yeah. Those are ones that you're more, that you could even find in like the natural food section of your grocery store. Exactly. And even any drugstore now has like a natural section. Um, Attitude. Oh, I love Attitude in general. I love love that brand. Everything. Um, I know they're, they're very accessible in Canada. I don't know about the U.S. Uh, They're probably starting to now, but. And we always have the environmental working group, right? Everybody has a cell phone, no matter where you're going. Pop it in there. You'll be able to quickly reference. But I know even Walmart, for an example, both American and Canadian have come a very long way because I ran into a lot. And the reason why I asked about oops, if you forget, because guess who, oops, who forgot? It's Chris. Yeah. The mama that's like, no, we need sunscreen. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's what I wanted to do. And I did that. And I was like, I was so impressed. And I grabbed clean one. The only ingredient was zinc. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice and clean. Uh, when we went to Mexico back in March, I, 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 I forgot that there's regulations around sunscreen around like liquids in your carry-on, and I was like not taking a checked bag, and I had all my lovely like beauty counter ones. I'm like, oh my god, they're over the limit. I can't bring them. So last minute, I had to go into Amazon Prime something, and they only had two bottles left. And I remember like rationing the sunscreen while we were on vacation. My husband is very fair and burns easy, and I was like, you want to, Frank? Like you take it. Uh, my skin can handle this. And I was even starting to panic like, oh my God, I'm going to go have to go into the gift shop at the resort and spend $85 on a sunscreen that doesn't work. So I, I can appreciate the, the if, if you're on vacation and you forget something. Mm-hmm. And it's all about giving the listeners that extra little bit of, mm-hmm. you know what, we're all human. For sure. And budget, yeah. right? Some mm-hmm. people can't do that because of the budget. Absolutely. Or some people just say, uh, I just don't want to do all that skincare. <laughs> as I'm, <laughs> as I'm now applying yoga Doing techniques to my, to my yoga? skin. So I can't, 
I am. I'm doing yoga. I'm like, ooh, when did those start to go? The face, the face yoga. I've been there's a face yoga course that I've been wanting to do for like years. So maybe we can all do it together. That would be fun. Face yoga. Be so exciting. They're like, oh, in only 30 days, and I'm in only 30 days, and I start doing this. I walk around the house, and the kids are like, Dad, she's she's watching that Instagram thing again. And if you can't see Chris, she's actually pulling her eyebrows up. She wants she wants her, her eyebrows up. So we've gone through the SPF. And then that final one I want to just re, re-go through is we don't need to be scared of face oils. And I think when we're starting out, Ashley, would you even recommend that they stick to maybe like a single ingredient face oil if they're apprehensive? Like just go with like a rose hip or just go with a jojoba. Would you recommend something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great too. Look, skincare doesn't have to be fancy brands and huge ingredient lists. I love that you're you saying know. that. Single ingredient is just as good. Um, yes, rosehip is actually a really good face oil for, especially for acneic. Um, it's actually really good for scars as well, which we'll get to. Um, jojoba. Yeah, and I um, there's a Canadian brand called Skin Essence, and they do single ingredient oils. They have a organic, 100% organic rosehip oil, and it's super cheap. Like their brand is pretty cost effective, and I've used their rosehip oil before, and it's great because you can also be using these oils with any gua sha techniques. And we like gua sha um, is lovely. Like of course we don't recommend doing it over active breakouts, but using some gua sha and this. This would be something that you could, like, I have a reel, but it's so old. You could just go to YouTube and like one-on-one gua sha and it can help you with mm-hmm. really um, not only the lifting and toning and firming, but it also drains your lymphatics in your face. So we often see if you have like really puffy, um, a lot of puffiness in your face, gua sha can be wonderful for helping to move that stagnant lymph fluid. My favorite. I recommend that to everybody, anybody, yeah. even just with a cleanser. Like whenever you're touching your face, you're putting on this oil, you're putting on a moisturizer, you're cleansing your face, um, doing those t- techniques to get that blood flow and that lymph moving inside your face, right? Your blood, your lymph, they carry um, oxygen, they carry all these toxins, mm-hmm. the good and the bad, right? So you want to be making sure that you're 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 moving it, especially in the morning after Absolutely. you've you know, been sleeping on your pillow all night and your face is puffy and that's why it's puffy in the morning, right? It's, it's been so stagnant for for how many hours that you've been sleeping. So getting that moving can be with your hands, can be with a jade roller, with a gua sha, whatever tool you decide to use, if you do, and if you are and if you don't, that's perfectly fine as well. Yeah, like your, your hands are a tool in itself, are just as good. You could be doing that if you don't want to invest in a gua sha stone. Like again, you can keep your skincare very budget conscious. Um, I would say at an absolute minimum, have a nice gentle cleanser and a nourishing face cream. And like, that's good to go. Like you don't need all the fancy things in between if you don't want them. And before we move on to repairing the skin barrier, I just want to, again, do a quick reminder that as acne sufferers, we're almost like so over paranoid and over anxious about the ingredients because we're like, oh my God, this is a coconut alkaline. Oh dear God, it says coconut. I can't use it. But that's the thing is, the derivatives of coconut are different than a coconut oil. And a lot of the times, like if you, like you can go in and do a Google, like a comogenic skincare list, and sometimes they're overwhelming. And it's insane mm-hmm. because oftentimes it'll be a marketing ploy from the skincare company that has put that out. Or um, I know, and actually you'll be better versed in this, but I believe how they get this rating is they apply a big, like a very high amount of that specific ingredient to the skin and let it sit on there, which would never happen in real life. 
Yeah. I don't, I mean, non-comodogenic, you know, when they have it on the label, like when they have it on the label, right? And people are like, okay, this is good. It's non-comodogenic. Perfect. Um, There's no real like FDA accreditation that that gives you non-comodogenic. So it's one of those things that, I mean, it doesn't, it's like natural versus organic. Like you really need to go a little bit deeper into looking into those ingredients um, and doing a bit of that research yourself. If anything, like even working in the marketing industry has taught me is that um, you do the best judgment. Absolutely. And another thing is it's also very dependent on the level of that ingredient in the product. So if you go and look up, you know, X ingredient and you're like, oh my God, it's going to clog my pores. Well, sure, an extreme high amount, but in that minuscule amount where it's blended into that product, it's not going to have that same impact. So we always have to be considering is, um, you know, is it, the level that's in there. So you can gauge that by how high is it up in the ingredient list? Is it lower on the ingredient list? Cause that's going to mean there's lesser of that in there. Exactly. And Katie, this is why I love that in the clear skin solution you teach. Um, and, and we work with the clients and how to use the, the environmental working group, right? So we're setting them up for success to, to recognize these ingredients and to make healthy choices, not just, you know, while they're on the program, but for their whole life and and not just for skincare, for, for everything that they buy and use, you know, anything from home products to things they use on their kids. Um, so we're teaching them how to like recognize what's in these products that they're putting on their skin. And that's, that's one of my big things. If I've only cleared your skin by the end of working with us, I failed you because I truly believe that teaching these life skills to people, they'll be able to carry it with them for the rest of their life. They're going to be able to know how to read it, uh, an ingredient list for their skincare or for uh, a packaged food they're buying for their kid. They're going to know what to look out for in their pots and pans. Like I really truly want them to have that empowerment because when you have that knowledge, you're empowered to be able to make the best decisions for you and your family going forward. So I'll get off my soapbox. Let's just think it's not. It's good. Yeah. And they should be confident. Yeah. Sustainability. That's what we say to everybody. It's about the sustainability. Because once you have sustainability, you understand. So if you do get that, oops, look at me. I have an acne on my cheek. You're like, okay, well, that's related to this. And this is how I feel. And what did I eat? And what do I need to look at? And what did I change in my routine? All of these factors matter. Mm-hmm. And not, and you want to, that's a good point is I know we're kind of going down the rabbit hole, but not panicking when you see a pimple pop up. Because having having a pimple here and there is part of being a person. Like for me, even though my acne is gone, like I'll still get a like a random pimple. Like I got one up on my hairline the other day. And I think it's because I didn't do a good job washing my face properly. So I had like a little spot pop up, but I, I don't panic because I'm like, okay, now I know this is what I did. And I was a little extra stressed that day. So probably just led the way. And then I dealt with it and, and moved on. So remember that we're not after perfect, flawless skin 100% of the time or after healthy skin. Yeah. And this is where the industry started to, to like blur up that line of healthy skin and flawless, perfect skin. That's the thing, right? It's I blame the Instagram filters. Right. I truly do. Ugh. It's the, like the Photoshopping and the filters and the this and the that. And people are now thinking, oh my gosh, my knee, I need to have glass skin. If I don't have glass skin, that's it. Yeah. If you have pores, it's a bad thing. Like, like if you can see my pores, I have I have unhealthy skin. Oh my gosh, that's what my kids just showed me. They showed me, and it's called waterfall, right? You take the foundation and you waterfall it across your face. 
And this, this girl was, she was gorgeous. She was absolutely gorgeous. And after with all the makeup and I'm like, I was not impressed, but my kids were like, Oh, look, she's just porcelain. And I'm like, it's what we're teaching. Are we, what? And I, it's the connection, but let's go back to Barbie. It's, it's really like, it's really ingrained in our culture that women have flawless skin from the get go. Like you look at the dolls and the Barbies and the, and everything we're marketed to. And then now with the YouTube and like the girls thinking, Oh my God, she, she has glass skin. It's porcelain. It's amazing. I need that too. And then we create these complexes thinking that, Oh my God, I can't have pores. Pores. Are you like what? And we've even had and freckles yeah. and and freckles. We've even had clients, oh like several clients, panic. They're like, my acne's not going away. My acne's not going away. We're like, send us photos. And because they're like, my blackheads are so bad. And they send us a photo. And it's just the sebaceous filaments in their nose, which are are normal. And we're like, okay, I appreciate how you're feeling. Absolutely. Because society has made you feel like this. But here's the thing. Those are called pores. And those are called sebaceous filaments. It is just oxidized oil in your skin, which happens to every human being on the face of the earth. Yeah, it's a it's a process your skin does. So don't panic. Pores are just bringing out that healthy oil that we talked about. Because there's a very distinct difference between a sebaceous filament and a blackhead. So actually, what would you say would be a couple of the telltale? Because they look similar, but would be some telltale signs that you could differentiate between a blackhead, a true blackhead, and just a sebaceous filament? Um, okay, well, a blackhead is just, it's more of a, it's a filament. So it's where that, that pore is brought out some of its oil and it's really just become a blackhead because that oil has oxidized. So it's touched air in the earth. Um, and then a sebaceous, the filaments are a bit yeah. more embedded inside the skin. So they haven't really reached that, that phase of, you know, coming out and removing the, it's just more inside the skin. And it, they're usually more like gray, like a light gray, right? The sebaceous filament where the blackhead is like a black, yeah. black, black. Yeah. And it's just been there for longer. It's, you know, oxidized, but it's a natural process. And I usually see around the skin when clients send it in. And as I try to say to them is a blackhead almost has like, you know, like a bug's bunny. I'm dating myself. But, you know, when you have that hill that comes up and then it kind of concaves mm. in a little mm. bit, right? So it's like the raised skin, like a true blackhead usually has a little yeah. bit of that raised skin that inflammatory pathway with a bit of the pitting. Yeah, because it's been there for longer, mm -hmm. right? The idea is that a blackhead has been on the skin for a bit longer. And that's why it's created that. It's almost like embedded in that little core. Chris, look at you contributing to the skincare episode today. And you said you wouldn't have anything because you were so basic with yours. Well, it doesn't mean, well, I have other stuff. I mean, I could have said about the rose hip in aiding in the vitamin C and the replenishing of the skin. And I could have said, oh, one thing I do want to add, because when we have active breakouts, we don't want to be physically, obviously pushing and prodding the skin with applications, but inside the shower and I use Katie. Yeah. I'll get ready for this. A PMD, so a personal massage device. Oh, wait. So it, it's silicone base. <laughs> okay. No, Katie, not your personal massage devices. <laughs> I, I just kind of caught me out. Golf personal <laughs> massage device. I think that needs a new name. Like, I don't like the connection. I don't, I think it they is need. It's called that though. Th they it's need a new name. It's called a PMD. Well, it's called a PMD. It, it isn't, yes. Maybe we should all just go collectively. I know. I was like, I'm going to say this and someone's going to catch on to that. It's going to be me. I'm dying over here. Like who, who thought to name it that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, obviously, somebody that was—it was probably you know a little bit. No, more, it was a man. Just it was probably a man. It was a for version. sure a man. It was a hundred percent. It's a man. So yeah. it does have silicone little fingers on it. On the other side, it has waves. So when you're in the shower, you can still be doing that lymphatic drainage. You can turn it on. And if it's sensitive to touch, you can just apply, right? So it's just doing that drainage mm-hmm. for you, keeping the skin clean. Silicone is for sure. It's not going to be antimicrobial. Sorry, it's antimicrobial. It's not going to create a bacteria. We all clean our applications. So those are the two things yep. probably with skincare that I would say, you know, everybody's yep. like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Vitamin C, like for me, vitamin C burns my face like nobody's business. Mm, and I love vitamin C. It goes, goes so well for my skin. I know. And for me, I put it on, I'm like, sweet goodness. It's like magnesium oil on my skin. <laughs> so it's telling me one, I'm deficient. So that's the actual language your body's receiving is you're deficient. Because obviously it's a clean product. I'm going to be pretty super vigilant on that. So I might use the rose hip to, to naturally enhance because it's a bioavailability of that. It's a bioflavonoid of the seas, right? Mm-hmm. And another, sorry, Katie, another tip like with vitamin C is um, when it's together with an oil, mm-hmm. it works really well. Is it okay that I use the coconut oil? We're, we just did a whole discussion about why coconut oil isn't a good one. The only way it doesn't, it's the only way it doesn't sting. Try like a jojoba oil. I, that doesn't do well. Okay. See, see buckthorn. See buckthorn. See buckthorn is actually one of my favorite face oils. See. And that see, but yeah. this is what listeners need to hear is mm-hmm. see how that doesn't resonate. Love. Eminence. I love it. I love the clean, but I'm telling you a lot of people like myself, that uh, it's it's disclosed that obviously I suffer with sometimes mast cell reactions because of my EBV and my Hashimoto's when I go into mm-hmm. eminence because it's food-based and it's beautiful, it's plant-based, it's gorgeous, I can react because that's part of a sensitivity, right? So I can get instant flushing and my body is just going, I don't like it. That's the thing with me, like being celiac, I find that I, mm-hmm. and I found this out um, even before I knew I was celiac, that I was reacting to wheat and products where I, I was using Eminence. I loved it. It was so amazing, but it kept giving me these breakouts. And then I remember switching to a different product in the line. I was like, oh, this one works. And then I realized a lot of the products, they're old formulations. Like this was 15 years ago. They've really phased a lot of it out. Um, I was reacting to the wheat, the, the wheat uh, in the physical ingredients. So when I just mm-hmm. used Eminence products that didn't have mm-hmm. the wheat, I had no issues. Now, again, they phase a lot of that out. But so whenever I use a new skincare, you better believe I'm like fine tooth combing it to ensure there's no wheat or wheat derivative because my skin reacts so badly to anything wheat. Yeah, same with me. And corn, it's hard it's to find deodorant. products that yeah. don't contain, like especially deodorant, right? And corn-based, corn-based deodorants. They work well. They work, work. for me. <laughs> So it's like, I know, and they work for me. So I say for those people that really suffer with those corn base, you know, you got to switch up that hygiene, right? And it's just, and the underarms, let's just talk there for a second. That is still skincare, right? That's where the bacteria, the lymph nodes, they want to drain themselves. So never underestimate the power of clean deodorant and applications. And I call them pit detoxes, like these types of things. Um, so we, we got to look Especially at it all. Especially the end. Especially the underarms. I mean, they're actually a very sensitive area. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much lymph around that area. Breast tissue for women. Yeah, the eczema-like behavior. 
when we go through some of the protocols and this is, oh my gosh, I have this skin rash. And right off the bat, I'm like, oh, that is now can be an overproduction of that detoxification and the body just can't get it out fast enough. Plus combine it with the bacteria that's hanging out of there. And we have a perfect breeding ground. Absolutely. So it's never about panicking. Just get back, you know, for obviously if you're in the clear skin, you have a coach that's educated in this, right? Yeah. Just being able to make those decisions that work for your skin. So now let's move into, I think a really popular topic. Cause anytime I post about it on social, it's like goes, people love it. And that's how to repair your skin barrier. Because as we already talked about, acne sufferers have over-cleansed and overused harsh ingredients. Like all of those medicated topicals you're getting from the dermatologist are heavy in alcohol, heavy in benzoyl peroxides, heavy in these ingredients that can really destroy that barrier. So Ashley, what are some steps that you generally recommend a client takes when their goal is to repair that skin barrier? Are there certain ingredients to be watching out for? Or, or are there certain products or steps or techniques you can be using? Okay, well, number one would be taking a step back and simplifying your routine. Um, so remove would be the first thing. Okay, um, balancing and making sure the products you use have a balanced pH. So pH, the potential uh, potential for hydrogen, um, all organs, uh, different parts of our body have different pH levels. Our skin is the same. We need to maintain the uh, the pH of our skin. So nothing that's too acidic. So we have to, for a little while at least, until that barrier is um, repaired, remove um, acidic ingredients. So yes, that's also going to be like your glycolics and your retinol. All the fun stuff. All these nice ingredients, all the fun stuff in skincare, but the stuff that you're probably using that you think you're making everything better, but they're not. So we have to take a step back from those and use uh, more calming alkaline basic uh, ingredients. So the oils are going to be great in this case. Also, because they have those ceramides, those healthy lipids um, that are going to help rebuild that that healthy barrier. And would you find like any products that say contain, you know, the, the probiotic labeled products? Is that, do those actually work or are the ones that are labeled like probiotics microbiome, are they more another marketing thing? Yes. I mean, the products will have pro- probiotics in them. What are probiotics? They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're bacteria. I mean, are, we're made of, Chris, I heard you say this. We're more bacteria than DNA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yes, same works for the skin, right? There's so much bacteria in our skin. We're stripping that bacteria away. So now we need to rebuild it. So those, those, you know, skincare products that have, um, that are marketing. Uh, that are healthy for our microbiome. Um, another, let's say like a home thing that I like to do is putting um, a honey mask on, especially Manuka honey. Um, that's really good for repairing that um, that barrier. And sometimes I do mix it in with either like a whole milk, whole grass-fed, organic, high-quality goat yogurt um, because of the, that, that natural, um, lactic acid and bacteria that's in the yogurt. Yeah. And they have, the, again, so I'll mix the two together and put them on as a mask. And that's so lovely. It's good, right? There's really, yeah, there's a lot of amazing home remedies you could do to rebuild. I think the most important thing to do if you're repairing your skin barrier is to think of your skin as just an organ in your body and soothe it and take care of it and treat it with love and anti-inflammatory. Just think anti-inflammatory. And what's really lovely about Manuka honey is 
it's pretty much the same price as a face mask that you would be buying. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you're just shifting your dollar from the face mask to the Manuka honey. And the Manuka honey is so nourishing, so anti-inflammatory, has the lovely trace amounts of, you know, the probiotics in whatever it is, um, the enzymes and it's the nutrients. antibacterial and as it's well. Antibacterial. Yes. It's phenomenal in so many places, in so many cases, and you can just apply a thin layer. And I love that the idea of mixing it with the goat yogurt, because again, natural probiotics to help replenish the good microbiome on the skin, because we don't only have microbiome inside our body, we have it outside of our body as well. Chris, jump on in, bring it in. Okay. If we are, say, we can't do dairy, right? And the skin is still an organ that can be receptive and draw things in. Okay, so for those clients that could be lactose intolerance, knowing that the skin is a vessel and an organ and have hypersensitivities, these types of things, if that is, and remember with acne, we tend to go <gasps> first, right? It's that big yeah. gas. What is another alternative? Could we use a sprinkling of a probiotic cap? Could we go and look at using the Manuka alone, right? Without anything, because again, it doesn't have to be more is better. If you're on a probiotic, you are still shifting that bacteria, that microbiome. We're still going after those lousy bacteria in different ways through your dietary consumption, through shifting proteins, patent fibers, you know, controlling the blood sugar yeah. so they don't eat the cortisol. So we, we're still doing a ton of work. So could we go with those different? Because I know the way our clients are, they're very, very smart and they're going to ask all these questions. So what do you think if we can't, do, and I say can't do, because remember that's in their mind. I can't do this, but if they're not comfortable, what's their next step? A hundred percent. Just doing the mask alone. Again, Manuka honey is, if you break it down, it's a sugar. Sugars feed bacteria, probiotics that are on our skin. You haven't stripped all the, like, all the bacteria off of your skin, even if the worst case the worst thing that you've done to your skin barrier, you know, there's trillions of them on your skin. So you're also, you know, putting on that sugar um, that's going to be feeding the bacteria that's currently there. So just the mask alone is fine. You could, I have not tried mixing it in with a um, capsule probiotic. Maybe I would use like just a little bit of a sprinkle, not the full capsule. But Manuka honey alone is amazing. I would even recommend, I, I, and I always err on the side of less is more and err on the side of caution in the beginning because I find when acne sufferers are starting that holistic approach, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to change everything dietary. I'm going to change all my supplements. I'm going to get brand new skincare routine. And then we don't know what is and isn't working. So if you're, again, sticking to that single ingredient, you're going to say, oh, okay, the Manuka alone was working really well. Maybe then I can try mixing it with something else. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. And even spot treat it. Uh, like spot treating your acne with Manuka honey, because like we said, it's antibacterial. So you're saying that we should use Manuka honey and not toothpaste to spot treat. Well, I'm not going to go return all the Colgate. Like how many times? And you want to know, actually, while we're on the topic, I wanted to just share with you a couple of the craziest things that I've ever heard people applying to their skin for acne and what your thoughts are on it. Okay. I would say (laughs) she's like, oh God, where's she going with this? She's like, you just brought me on. What's going on here? (laughs) You've probably heard them as well. Okay, I'm going to go with, there's two. So the two of the craziest I heard was one, um, peeing into a cup and using it as a face toner because their their thought process was that it helps rebalance your pH. 
And then the second one is using your period blood as a face mask. No, Katie, Katie, I don't know where you, where have you heard these? Okay, hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta choke down my, my vomit here. (laughs) In our DMs, we get, like, we get this in the DMs. And honestly, I've heard it quite often is using period blood as a face mask because it's the idea of the PRP and using P as their toner because it's the idea of the pH. So we can, we just like (laughs) bust those myths real quick. I TikTok. I played TikTok. Definitely came from TikTok. (laughs) Ashley, from your professional perspective, should we be using urine or period blood on our face? No, no bodily fluids should be put on your skin thinking they are making a difference. No. You know, your your urine is there for a reason. It's being excreted for a reason. Um, Same with your period blood. It's being excreted for a reason. And period blood is not the same as PRP blood. Just, you know, so we clarify that. Squashing the myths right there. So Ashley, were you expecting those answers? Yeah. Yeah. And also, also urine has crazy pH. So no, that, that is, that is not balancing your pH. Have you heard those before? Were those new ones for you? No, no, that's a new one. And that's going to stick. That's going to stick. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> she, she, she might, she might be a little bit scarred from those. <laughs> she is w- welcome. It made me so happy. I'm in this line of work. <laughs> Ed, that's a proper education, right? TikTok is not your esthetician. No, please. Please, no TikTok, no Instagram, no YouTube, and they're not your statistician. They're not your your practitioner. Like, do not use the TikTok influencers as your healthcare experts, please, for the love of God. That's my PSA for the day. Moving on, and nice and slow, nice and slow. One other thing I do want to go in here. It's a little bit controversial, but I mean, in all Chris style. Uh oh. Uh oh. Honey, no matter even has a thousand enzymatic reactions and beautiful anti-properties. Sometimes when we are in therapeutics and we are digging deep into the gut, we have to watch applying sugars to the face. Even though we're feeding beneficial bacteria, we're also feeding the lousy ones, the opportunistic. So often in therapeutics, please, please, please watch that because all of a sudden we can have this, this big flare. And I'm like, please don't put sugars on your face. That is still an organ, your largest organ in your entire body. So that's just a small little nugget. But again, it's going to be very dependent on what type of acne you have, where we are in the protocols, right? Who's monitoring. And at that point, again, if we have people like Ashley or myself, you have two vessels right there at your reach that are going to be able to navigate. Plus, Ashley and I, we chat in the background too. So we're going to be able to say, hey, you know, this is kind of what the application is. What do you see? You know, not that I'm going to go out and give skincare advice because listen, you're using soap and water, the end. But um, <laughs> you don't want, that's why Chris doesn't do our skincare. That's why we have Ashley. There's one thing. No, let's, let, let's just say, no, I don't want this skincare. It is like, that is my overwhelm, right? Yeah. That is, but that's also why I have to communicate with Chris and know that if they're going through some kind of purging protocol, that is why this client is breaking out. It's not the new product they bought and they tried twice and it's breaking them out. You know, it's because your body is doing so much work internally and it's, it's telling you something. It's removing something. Combination. That's the word. It's the combination of what you're doing that is offsetting or creating that domino effect. If our dominoes are too far apart, 
we can't do the cascade rolling effect, right? And if they're too close and we accidentally sneeze, in the case of any time I've tried to do some kind of fancy dancy domino thing, what happens? All of that stuff comes rolling down and then we could be flushing, right? We could overwhelm the system. And wait, if you are an acne sufferer, sufferer, guess what? Your body is going to use your skin because it's the best known pathway. And it's like, oh, that's my easy button. Just like, you know, when you're sitting in the lineup for your Starbucks, that's your easy. You could have made that coffee at home. So your skin goes, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hang out in Starbucks with them because it's my easy. So just know that, you know, know it's a tiny steps and Ashley's given a ton of fantastic things in here. So I think, I think they're well suited for sure. Absolutely. And now that we've talked about repairing the skin barrier, mistakes, this is a big one, is scars and dark marks. So first, Ashley, can we discuss the difference between a true scar and a dark mark, which is actually post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and examples on how to start correcting both of those. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have a pimple, the pimple becomes a blemish. Okay. So a blemish is a more red after the pimple and the pus and all the bacteria has gone away. It leaves that red mark and that's, you know, a fresh blemish. Then we have hyperpigmentation, which we describe as brown spots. Um, that's commonly have, happens after um, that area of the skin's gone some, through some kind of inflammation. And then it leaves, um, so the layer of your skin that produces your pigment, your, your melanocytes, your pigments, it, it kind of overgrows there and it creates that inflammation. And then you've got the dark mark. Um, and then you have scars. So scars are a bit of the harder one. Uh, typically they've been there for longer. And it's usually when we have these big, uh, pimples or, or, the or, or filaments of bacteria, the cystics, um, that have been there for a while. And that bacteria is kind of like eaten up on the tissue, the skin tissue. Okay. So it creates indentations. It creates ice pick scars. Okay, so those are deeper into the skin. You'll see them. They're not a pore. They might look like a pore, but they're really just um, damage that's been done a little deeper into the layers of the the dermis. And what about more of a keloid scar? Because that would still be considered like the overgrowing, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So your skin can go through a period of over, just like it can overgrow um, pigment. It can also overgrow tissue, skin tissue. Um, so keloid scars are more of that inflamed, raised. um, raised scar. Yeah. Which are a little bit more rare. We typically see, um, ice pick scars or, or indented scars. Um, so with scars, again, the damage is done a bit in, in a deeper dermal layer. And so that means that it's going to take a bit more than just topical skincare to, to fix. Um, in this case, I'd really recommend things like microneedling. Mm-hmm. Like going to so microneedling. Like not doing it yourself. This is where you would resort. Yeah. You're not getting This is a- where you would. No, you can buy. You can buy home, home rolling. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, oh, no. It's a home microneedling roller. And it's literally a roller. It looks like a little paint roller with little needles on it that you roll over your skin. But these home devices, one cause micro tears in your skin, which is just mm-hmm. going to destroy things. So please, 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 if you want microneedling done, any type of this specialized treatment, 
Don't do it at yourself. Do not Amazon Prime a microneedling roller. Go to an actual uh, medical spa. Yeah. One, those needles are not uh, medical grade. So you don't even know what material those needles are made of. And you're now putting them deep into your your dermal layers. Um, and two, there's a technique into doing it. And there's a too little and there's a too much. And um, this is why a professional would know when to do what for what skin type and for who. And would microneedling be the best type of treatment for the acne ice pit kind of scars? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you are going into that deeper dermal layer and you are encouraging new formation of, um, of collagen. So you're stimulating that layer of the skin where the collagen is produced, the elastin, all the, the, where the work happens, right? The layer of the skin that we work on, we put our skincare is, is the, the, the very top, the epidermis. So not a lot happens there, unfortunately. And when you're doing microneedling for any types of deep pitted scars, it would also help for dark marks as well. Yeah. Because again, you're going into, you're stimulating that deeper layer of the skin. It's like a quicker route. Because obviously you can use the spa treatments for the dark marks to speed it up. But there's some things you can be doing at home. So it's really these dark marks and these little pigmentation marks that can be treated a little bit easier at home. So what would be some key ingredients or techniques that people should be watching out for or doing in order to help their dark marks. Yeah. So think of it this way. You're doing these treatments and these, maybe these chemical peels or these microneedlings, these stuff that you're doing with your esthetician in clinic, that's stimulating on a deeper level. Now that skin, it's going to go through a cycle where it's going to come up to the surface layer by layer. And as it's coming up to the more epidermal topical layers, that's where the skincare component comes in. So say antioxidants like vitamin C, right? Antioxidants are going to try and kill those, those free radicals that damage. So vitamin C is a really nice big one for, um, for dark marks, especially, um, lactic acid is a nice one. Um, and this is where if it's right for you, we could, uh, work on like a retinal dehyde. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said retinaldehyde. Now quickly, can we differentiate yeah. between a retinol and a retinaldehyde? Um, really quickly, there, there's different forms. There's tretinoins, the, the extreme of, um, of this form of vitamin A. Um, they're all different retinoids, which is right? more, yes. Yeah. They're all different, um, different strengths essentially, basically. Yeah. So there's a the really extreme ones that you've probably seen videos where it's like, you almost have to peel off your mm-hmm. skin like a, like a snake. Retinaldehyde is the very mild, safest, um, kindest one to your skin. And so, yeah, I recommend, I recommend a retinol to hide because, uh, one, it's not over drying your skin and it's not creating that much shock. Um, and so you can use a retinol to hide more often and maybe a little bit more long-term than you would, um, one of the harsher or stronger retinols forms of. And also with retinaldehyde, isn't it almost like it's on a, you know, a little conveyor belt and the retinaldehyde is one step closer to what your skin needs for converting it into, because if a retinol, like a retinol is one step back from the retinaldehyde. So if you have a retinol, your, your skin needs to further um, convert it in order yeah. to get what it needs. But a retinaldehyde is even one step closer. So that's... Yeah, it's like the raw ingredient. Right. It's it's just more potent and it's not as purging and drying as a regular retinol would be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, again, where we would... When we would introduce um, a retinaldehyde 
And really that will work for anything. What it technically does is it helps speed up um, those skin layers to, to come up to the surface. So it, it'll speed up what we call like your cell turnover, the rate of your skin producing new skin cells. And actually you set me up perfectly for where I wanted to go ne- to next. And that was cell turnover and the cycle it takes because again, Instagram, I'm going to keep blaming Instagram. They make it out that you can buy this miracle cream and three days from now, all of your scars are going to be clear. You're going to have porcelain skin. It's going to be glowing. Your pores are shrank. But that is again, just marketing. So how long does it truly take skincare to work in order to see the results that you want. Okay. So your skin is going through a cycle of producing new skin cells, right? And unfortunately this depends on our age. Um, for babies, for toddlers, it'll be maybe like 14 days. They'll have, they'll have new skin pop up to the surface. That's, that's why it looks so nice. That's why we always say baby soft or baby smooth, right? Baby skin. That's why babies have perp, they have that plump, perfect skin. Oh, so juicy. That's coming up from the deeper layers to the top every two weeks. I say juicy because I have a six-year-old and I have a toddler. And like when you see those little cheeky baby things, you're like, oh my God, you're just so delicious. And like your skin's so fresh. I want to like copy and paste his skin onto mine. And that's that's what it is. It's fresh. It's fresh skin. It's fresh skin. Um, and then as we age, it becomes like 28 days, 35, 40 days. So maybe like 50 days. Ooh, actually 50. You know? I don't like that. And, and I want the 14 days. <laughs> but there's things we could do to speed it up. Um, but that being said, you, if your skin takes, let's say 35 days for new cells to show up on the surface so you can physically see them, then imagine what it takes your skincare, right? To actually do the work and show up and have made an impact. So you're thinking it's going like- to take two weeks, 30, 60, 90 days, that kind of realm. It's going to, if you're trying a new product a month, at least. at least one to three months. And that's the thing is like, is acne sufferers are like, Oh my God, it's been a week. It's done nothing. I'm throwing it out. I'm starting again. No, you just didn't give enough time. If you haven't tried it for one to three months, depending on the, I'm saying depending on the product, because like a, a cleanser, maybe we'll see a month. Um, but a serum and moisturizer, it might take up to like three. If you haven't tried it for that long, I say you haven't tried it at all. Exactly. Like you need to give it time. We can't expect that. I always say you cannot Amazon Prime clear skin. It doesn't work like that. We can't Uber Eats our skin. We can't Amazon Prime it. You got to you gotta put in the work. You got to give time and consistency. I mean, we don't have perfect skin if that was the case. Exactly. Like, you know, if we would pick up this moisturizer that says plump, hydrating, clear, vibrant, all the words... If that was going to work that quickly, then we'd all be perfect. And there goes our billion dollar industry. And that's the thing with skincare, right? Is is it's a billion dollar industry and skincare companies want you as a customer for life. They, they are constantly, you know, thinking that you're deficient in something. We are not deficient in skincare. If anything, we have an excess of skincare. So reminding yourself that there's a lot of money in this industry and being able to pull back, you know, the curtain a little bit and really get the things that you need and give it the time and not having to jump to the next flavor of the month skincare serum that you saw on Amazon or TikTok. Yeah. And this is why a lot of um, brands now are making what I call make uh, feel good skincare because it feels good on your skin and it looks good. You know, it's, it's glowy and it, it, because again, they're putting really big molecules so that it's staying very superficial on your skin. 
And yes, it's going to make your skin look good and feel good, but is it doing any work? Maybe not. Maybe not. That's the thing. Yes. Is, but you're buying but you're it. you're buying it. And it's good marketing because it's doing what it tells you. Absolutely. And that would be me. I'd be like, oh my gosh, no, like I totally need that. Like I, I'm, I always say to my husband, I am a marketer's <laughs> dream. Even though I do marketing, like in the own company, like I am a marketer's dream. Like, oh no, you're right. I, I do need that. And he's like, Katie, you don't need another kitchen gadget here. Like we have 65. I'm like, no, 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 but I need this. No, no, we do. That That's not right. That's, I'll have to talk to Frank, but that that's, but maybe skincare, I could be on his band camp there, but. So for anyone listening, just know if you are uh, prone to the marketing, so am I, even though I know better. I still succumb to it. I'm like, oh no, that's that's a necessity I need. The one other thing I do want to add with regards to the hyperpigmentation, the dark marks, this the like is obviously now we've delineated between scars and those dark marks. The fact is when there is a blemish, when there's a cystic, when there's under the skin, when anything's happening, there's a trauma-like event happening inside the body, right? It's going to correlate to an organ, it's going to correlate it to a body system. So as it surfaces and does its thing. Also remember that inflammatory response is giving us all these messages. So as we are left with a mark, whether it's from picking or not, which is a whole nother topic, the fact is, is that trauma needs adequate blood flow, adequate oxygen to it, adequate mineral balances. We all know I love that, right? So it's not just going to be about going on and putting that zinc oxide or going and putting on that titanium, something We have to, again, get into that inner work. And I'm really big on acne and blood chi. If we don't get the blood chi, you can go do all the micro abrasion, needling, whatever the words that people use and do. We can do it all. But guess what? It goes back. Why isn't it working? I don't understand. I've spent thousands of dollars on this because we have to get the blood flow to the skin up. So your heart is low. This is up, right? This is, this is hard. Plus your brain needs it to think who likes brain fog? Not I, you know, brain fog for somebody I don't like with my brain. brain. Like, Chris's brain scares me. I don't, I don't know. And I have a, I have a brain just as bad, but Chris's is next level. We have great brains. No, we have a great brain. Brilliant brain. So, gifted. I, I That's like what we decided. Gifted. Gifted. I have a gifted brain. <laughs> Let's stick, let's stick with <laughs> it. the best word like for it. it. We'll call it gifted. My family's not quite on the band camp, so I'm just going to put like little, little snacks, little snacks in there uh, for the last week of school and just saying, remember, mama's, mama's brain is gifted. Here's your snack. <laughs> That's the thing. So let's just look at that as a complete interconnection. And a lot of it does to unoxygenated skin. I'm pretty sure, Ashley, you can agree with that. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And this is why we do the whole internal and external because you can't have one without the other. As your skin is really the window. And blood flow is huge, huge. It, you're, if you're not bringing oxygen to your skin, then it's always going to be dull. You need oxygen, like you need hydration for your skin, right? It, it needs to be working synergistically together. Now, I have one final thing I want to touch on before we have a fun question for Ashley, but both Chris... Ashley, well, and I, is we can also attest to the fact that you can eat specific nutrients for um, more plump skin, for better elasticity, for reducing those dark marks. So I know like we really want to be beefing up, Chris, our antioxidants, like our vitamin A rich foods, our vitamin C rich foods, your vitamin E rich foods, things with selenium and zinc, omega-3 fatty acids, 
these foods are going to nourish your skin from the inside out, especially when it comes to hydration and dark marks. And then another one that we can consider is anything that's collagen rich. So whether you're using a collagen peptide in your smoothie or you're making bone broth, these can be great nutrients that we can be including on our plate to really nourish the skin from the inside out. Anything you guys want to add to that? I think that's pretty good as a standard kind of flush, right? Of course, I'm going to add, we have to make sure that we can absorb it and the body can break it down and the gallbladder and all these things, because that's where my brain goes right away. I know gifted. <laughs> so here's a big thing with, with skincare, right? Phospholipids, not only is it our second energy system that we burn, but the phospholipids is the whole entire skin system is included of that. We have water loving and fat loving. They have two sides. So they're like pretty intelligent, Right. That's why water helps with, in conjunction with the oils, like Ashley's saying, that's why we need it. The biggest thing when it comes to acne, if we're getting that really oily skin, if we're doing stuff is one, are we over-consuming because it's the best next marketing thing? And two, are we absorbing it, right? So it's not running out and flushing the body with all of this stuff. And I say flushing because that's what it's going to do. It's going to flush right out. Fat solubles can stay in, so we have to go caution. However, balancing it, right? Using those beautiful oils on your skin, not fearing them if you have oily skin, treating like with like, and adversely also using it, maybe starting out slower, eating your berries, eating cherries, eating all these antioxidant-rich foods, enjoying your carrots, right? Easy foods too. They're easy. Easy, easy, right? Who doesn't love easy? It's it's the summer season, right? Like we live in, I live in Niagara, so I'm uh, surrounded with orchards and you better believe I'm getting those cherries and those strawberries and those blueberries and those peaches and those, all of the things because they're so rich in antioxidants and they're easy. And rich in Vitamin C, the skin, the body, we are so vitamin D deficient. So in fact, vitamin C, I guess say D, anyway, vitamin C, C in my head, what happens, right? Vitamin C, like Chris. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to name a whole new vitamin over myself. We'll let them vote. Do I want Chris's vitamin complex to have a brain like hers? Well, we'll take a vote. We'll let, we'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> so. And vitamin C, we want to watch that, right? That bioavailability, that barrier. Vitamin C is going to help your collagen production. It's going to help your amino acid bases. It's going to help who doesn't love skin. So get those vitamin Cs. And it's not about just one. It's about that multi. So if I was going to say antioxidants and your beautiful, healthy fats, I'm going to also go, don't forget about the vitamin Cs. I said the antioxidants. You Were you not listening to me, Chris? Oh, yeah. But I'm just, I want, no, I am. I know you nailed it. No, but I mean like really as in just just pay a lot of attention to your vitamin C because the body is has a half-life. So when we wake up, we're already vitamin C deficient. Throughout the day, every day. So so let's get that vitamin C in. Bam, here we go. And then lunch, here we go. For those people that are anemic, boom, have your vitamin C. Let's get that iron going. So see how we can be working internal with a lot of different functions and abnormalities that you've been told, oh my gosh, you're anemic and your skin and your hyperpigmentation. Hello. And I'm going to put an emphasis on um, essential fatty acids. Ooh, I love a good essential fatty acid mm. because um, somehow somewhere down the line, we are 
completely disregarding them from our diets and they're called essential for a reason. Um, our body relies on our diet to get them in and they're especially specifically for skin. Um, it's part of the structure. So structurally making, forming your skin, essential fatty acids found in food, right? Which would be things like your cold water fatty fish, your hemp hearts, your flax seeds, your chia seeds, your avocado, your walnuts. And of course, we need to be able to make sure we're breaking it down effectively. But these omega-3s are really, really lovely. And we're all like, I, I wish you could see us all because as we're all, each of us have been talking, the other two are like nodding in unison, like, yes, yes, preach, preach. So I think we, uh, we hit a lot today, you guys. Like this has probably been our long, longest podcast episode to date because who doesn't love a little skincare, all of the delicious tips. So Ashley, thank you so much for hopping on today. Cause I know you have lots of client work to get doing. You got blogs to write, you have all the things going on. So I really, truly appreciate you coming in and sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. Now you've got my brain going. So, um, I'm going to use it wisely and I'm going to go maybe write something. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm thinking about everything all at once. You're like, Oh my God, we have eight new blogs. I'm going to go write them for the website right now. I'm like there's this and this and yeah. So you guys remember, like it, we don't just have this podcast, head over to the katiestewartwellness.com blog, type in skin, type in skincare, whatever your keyword is, because we have a plethora, whether it's not just skincare, like I have, I don't know, over three or 400 blogs on there at this point that you can be utilizing that are full of these antioxidant rich foods that have these skincare tips. So really take that as something that you can use in between our weekly podcasts here. So I want to do just a quick review and then uh, we will send you off on your day. So remember, stop overusing and overwashing the uh, skin and using harsh ingredients. We want to be using an SPF, SPF. Don't be scared of using face oils. Really start loving up your skin barrier by pulling back on all of the ingredients, even the good ones, just really make it simple and nourishing. You know, maybe include something like a Manuka honey face mask, those probiotic rich style products. When we're looking at scarring, you could be going uh, to see a medical spa to help with some microneedling or the topical dark marks. We can be utilizing specific skincare like a vitamin C. And then we want to be giving ourselves time anywhere from one to three months of use with our skincare. And that final component with us, all of us being nutritionists, eat your way to healthier skin through loving up the antioxidant rich foods. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Clear Skin Chronicles. Next week, don't forget, you want to hop on Wednesday, check out what we got because Chris and I are pulling back the curtain. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Clear Skin Chronicles. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Remember to subscribe to the show and drop us a review. Sending glowing vibes your way, Katie and Chris.